Good morning and welcome to Back Chat with Mike Rouse and me, Jim Gould. And on today's uh, Back Chat, we're talking about the supply of housing uh, with a focus on uh, public housing. And that's after the, the policy group, the Our Hong Kong Foundation, uh, came out with a report that said that Hong Kong could fall short of its targets by 8% over the next uh, 10 years. Uh, we'll be uh, looking at this further with our two guests this morning. Uh, we have with us uh, Vera Yoon, who's a lecturer at the Faculty of Business and Economics at the University of Hong Kong, and Jason Leung, who's a, a researcher with the Our Hong Kong Foundation. Um, good morning to you both. Uh, perhaps, uh, Jason, uh, if we could uh, go to you first. Hello, thanks for joining us. Morning, Jim. Morning, Wright. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. So, so yeah. Interesting uh, report. Uh, you identify a number of, uh, of uh, shortcomings, and you have a number of recommendations. Um, um, you, you also spoke about uh, hidden delays in some projects. Uh, could you perhaps uh, uh, elaborate a little bit more on what's going on there? Sure. Uh, I think, in short, uh, our forecast shows that while quick fixes like land rezoning will provide short-term relief, our take is that long-term supply is still shrouded in uncertainties. Now, to be more specific for public housing supply, we would say that it's, uh, there is a persistent shortfall and the outlook is still cautious. Mm. Um, why do we say that? It's because uh, we have seen that uh, public housing completions have uh, consistently missed the targets for the past uh, nine years, and the cumulative shortfall has now exceeded uh, 105,000 units. That's equivalent to 14 uh, Choi Hong estates. Mm. And if you look forward to the next five uh, financial years, the completions uh, will, will miss the target, the government's target, by another 30%. Uh, mm. And then if we look even further to the next 10 years, we remain cautious on whether the government can uh, fulfill the backloaded uh, supply pattern, the, the promise. Because uh, we have looked at their past track record, uh, this backloaded supply pattern has been mentioned since 2015, but we did a tabulation and it shows that it did not uh, materialize as uh, vision. Now, uh, you also talked about the, uh, the past delays. Uh, we actually compared the uh, government's previous forecast and it shows that on average, 15% uh, of the units in public housing uh, delayed uh, each year, and uh, this is this is uh, discovered based on uh, official government documents, and we think that this can only be the tip of the iceberg. Mm. Uh, in our report, we actually looked at uh, another few case studies that are not disclosed in official documents, and they show problems stemming from uh, endless deliberations, uh, rigid administrative deadlocks, uh, squandering of development opportunities. The level of disclosure now for uh, public housing progress is insufficient and it has made uh, public tracking and monitoring of such delays very difficult. So that is why we, in our report, have highlighted that, you know, the shortfall is still huge and the, and the outlook, we, it, we remain cautious right. for the future 10 year outlook. Jason, good morning. Um, this is Mike Rouse. I've been following the Foundation's reports. On housing, and I have to say they're very high standard over the, over the years. Um, and it, it seems to me that we've, poor John Lee has really got to get a grip and and shake this. Um, 
and throw throw something uh, a very dynamic target and get it and get it implemented. Be, otherwise, we're just going to drift on and on. And your your point about the backloading is is absolutely correct. Um, it, it it doesn't turn up. Uh, all that we get for certain is that the immediate five years we're falling way short, and the second five years the backloading doesn't arrive. Um, it needs a radical rethink, surely. Yes, definitely. Uh, I think there are there are uh, in our report we we actually highlighted uh, a recommendation to improve the situation. Now, just uh, to highlight one of them, it's that uh, the, the government, from our view, should appoint a dedicated project manager for each project, so that uh, you know there is accountability and there is coordination. And there is a high-level person who will, you know, implement these targets, uh, look at various departments, uh, you know, assess their responsibilities, and make sure that each and every single department uh, involved in the public housing uh, project is doing their job on time, on target, and make sure that nobody slips up. If slip up, you have to say the reason why, and these have to be clearly accounted for and announced to the public. Now, we also highlighted that um, we, we mentioned a point about disclosure now and why we think it's so important. is because in the backloaded pattern, the government said that the first one-third of uh, the target will be delivered in the next five years, and the uh, two-thirds, the remaining two-thirds, will be delivered in the uh, second five years. Now, the problem is the level of disclosure now is only up to the first five years, meaning that two-thirds of the government's target are actually unknown to the public. For example, where are they? Uh, what's their latest progress? Uh, uh, is there any difficulty? Uh, these, are, these sort of information are not disclosed at all, so there is no monitoring. And these are, this is the key, the critical two-thirds to the government's target, and we actually think that this is very important. OK, let's bring in uh, Vera Yoon. Good morning to you. Good morning. So we need greater transparency in this uh, whole process, yes? Well, I think many of these procedures and at what stage the public housing, you know, are being processed, they are quite open. And we actually know what happened if you um, have enough time to dig into those documents. It's just... Um, well, I, I think they need a magic van to really to, you know, conjure those like housing outs because it's it's pretty hard for them to um, produce that amount of housing that is stated in the um, long-term uh, housing strategy steering committee, and I think um, they never actually think they need to make it up because. For the first long-term housing strategy target that was made in 2015, now it's already seven years, which means they should like they should have done like 70% of the work. But we can see that consistently, the housing authority, uh, even in their forecast, they don't mean to actually meet the target because in order to meet the target, you need about 30,000 uh, units every year. And for the next five-year forecast, and consistently over the last five years, um, the Public Housing Authority forecasted they would make uh, about 
twenty thousand housing, so twenty thousand over thirty thousand, so it's like um, one third lack of these houses. And um, when I look at whether they can actually fulfill the forecast, I calculated an average um, fulfillment rate. It's about eighty-five percent over the last ten years, which means eventually, if it's going to just roll out, given the assumption that uh, it would be the same as the track record, we will have maybe um, sixteen thousand and six hundred units per year, which is about half of the target. And given um, the fulfillment rate of um, the past, um, like from 2015 to 2018, they have three long-term housing target that is rolling over for like 10 years. Um, I calculated that um, they only met um, the pro-rata target by about 60%. So, so I think that's, that's how much they can do. And I think for um, our Hong Kong Foundation, they tried to project over 10 years, but it's actually very long because we know that for the next five years, things can be changed because um, construction projects already been set. And if we have to go through all the procedures of planning and then to turn a, a potential site into disposal sites and do all those design and construction, what it will be a like more long-term target rather than mid-term. So it's kind of true that in the next five years, we're not going to have a lot of housing. So we should believe in the um, housing authorities forecast and then discard it by 15%. But well, it depends on how much Johnny can do in his five years in order to change the supply of the sixth to 10th year from now. So there's still room um, to do that. But I think it's it's actually not ideal to make such projection for like over right. like so long because it's it's pretty hard to know what will happen in the next five years. Ms. Yun, if, uh good morning. If I read you correctly, the danger is not so much the the eight percent shortfall that the foundation is is saying might arise. Actually, the risk is that the shortfall will be much larger than that. Well, it's it's. You know, for the foundation, I read from it. I read from the report that the worst scenario is twenty, like twelve thousand per year. It's like even worse than my prediction because my prediction was about seventeen thousand. So it depends on what kind of prediction you use, like for for the future public housing supply. Have you given up, or have we given up as a community in doing something radically better in the next five years? Well, even if you do something radically in the next five years, the effect will take place in the sixth to tenth year rather than the next five years. So um, in the next five years, maybe there's not much that can be done. And then if we rock it up, uh, I'm not quite sure whether it's overall beneficial because you also rock up those um, institutions and procedures and there could be people thinking that it may not worth the cost of doing so in you know shaking up the institutions jason should we give up on the next five years and just go along at our steady slow pace or should we I grab think, it by the scruff of the neck i think like vera said uh the if you really want to have a large impact it is too late to do something for the first five years. And it, if we put in effort now, most of the impact will be seen in the second five years. However, uh, in the first five-year period, I think it's, it doesn't mean that all hope is lost. Firstly, uh, I think there are two ways that this can be addressed. Firstly, I think we can um, really grab it by the scruff of the neck and monitor
monitor the progress of these uh, construction sites more closely to make sure that no uh, further delays uh, will be uh, observed in these sites. Uh, for example, uh, the government has uh, always described the delays in uh, terms of you know adverse weather, unforeseen geological uh, geological conditions, things like that. I think in the first five-year period, we can still do something to address uh, these kind of uh, uh, causes of delays. Uh, secondly, what, from uh, what, like what I mentioned just now, I think we do need to have a project manager to uh, look at each and uh, every department to make sure that nobody is, you know, slacking off in their responsibility. By these, uh, uh, you know, uh, targeted measures, I think we can still do something for the first five-year period. And like Sarah said, there we need to step up the pace and really um, to make sure, monitor the government, you know, reform the internal processes to make sure that the second five-year period, which is critical to achieving the two-thirds of the target, uh, uh, go on as envisioned. Uh, yeah, Vera Yoon, how about that? How about this recommendation from the foundation that, uh, that there should be a project manager to coordinate uh, you know, p particular projects and all the different parties involved with it? Would that well, help? I think that is to make a person to carry all the responsibility. Mm -hmm. So he would put together all the processes because nowadays, you know, how the bureaucrat and the civil servant work is that, you know, to my part, when I'm at work for a few hours, then in that a few hours, I will try to make it work. But if not, I just go home and, you know, wait for tomorrow and then work again. I mean, there's no reward system of doing it quickly. And there's not much punishment if you delete it. And they probably, I think the best way is to stick with the procedure institutions and just let it roll. Because if you rush through a project, there could be other downsides such as you know the construction but it's not of good quality and you know all these all these stuff that happens so to avoid it they just do it in the old ways and i think they're married in both ways but a project manager would be you try to find a person to be responsible but how much autonomy or power do you give that person can he like tell like different departments to coordinate and would would those civil servants actually listen to him or just ignore him oh, that, that's another question yeah how would that work uh, jason Lung? Well, I think, uh, like Vera uh, said, I, I, I do agree that if the project manager is not given enough power, uh, the whole thing would not work. So that, to, to make sure that this project manager role works, this person would have to have the uh, power, the, in other words, the authority to hold uh, different departments uh, accountable. Uh, there has to be a clear key performance indicator for each uh, uh, department. And uh, these uh, project managers would have to answer to, you know, high, uh, high level committees. The whole thing has to be accountable to a topic with transparent information disclosure. I mean, of course, uh, uh, in the current system now, there is no uh, any sort of uh, reward or any sort of accountability mechanism. And that is why in uh, our previous report uh, published in January uh, this year, we uh, mentioned uh, 23 detailed recommendations on how to speed up these processes, and one of them is to uh, uh, one of these recommendations is to reference you know the uh, system in Singapore and South Korea is to introduce a uh, reward uh, mechanism for civil servants. Uh, for example, uh, you know civil servants in Singapore would have their pay packed to their performance, which are assessed by uh, you know their supervisors. And we think that, um, of 
got the yeah, referencing to Hong Kong, there has to be some kind of uh, ad- adaptation uh, that has to be made. But we think that you know these sort of uh, mechanisms is worthwhile for the new administration to look at uh, as uh, in line with John Lee's uh, you know uh, manifesto uh, that results is the uh, priority, and we think that. Uh, these can be the way forward to improve the uh, situation in public housing completion. Because, of course, John Lee has talked about reforming the civil service and introducing key performance indicators, so we, we may be seeing some of that as we go forward. But, um, um, okay, I have an email here from uh, listener James. Uh, it says, uh, I think the government, especially under the leadership of Carrie Lam, needs to be applauded for its efforts in public housing. Every country or city struggles with this issue. The expectations of the public here are unrealistic and in many cases the system is abused by people who are not entitled to public housing. Citizens, regardless of their circumstances, need to take responsibility for their life and their family and not cry poor and rely on the government. Uh, thank you. That's from James. Yes, thanks to that. I mean, I guess that's a bit of an ideological uh, uh, viewpoint you could say, but um, um, let's ask our, our guests uh, so i mean what effect are these delays having do you think on the, like the lower income strata of society i mean it's now as of the end of march there was a 6.1 year wait for public housing i mean for people who rely on public right. housing or who i believe know, need, i believe yeah. the target there is is three years mm. and it's actually declined steadily over the last five years out to 6.1 mm. um i think vera touched on the problem here that there's there's a mindset issue people are not given a specific target by a specific time they're they're basically the philosophy is to do your best and and people do do their best um but they're not oriented in thinking wise to the outcome it they're oriented to the the process and that that really would involve a radical change of, of mindset Jason, what can we do to change the mindset? Yes, uh, I think uh, you are right in that uh, so far we have seen that the civil service prioritise processes over results. Their the key thinking is that as long as I'm doing things uh, the usual way uh, along the process, then I'm fine. The outcome is not important to me. Uh, I don't care if the number goes up to 6.1 or 7. As long as I'm doing my things, my way, uh, or the usual way, then uh, things are not going to change. And that is why I think it's important to set the right key performance indicators, or KPIs, uh, to these departments. Uh, for example, let's be more uh, specific, uh, uh, just to highlight a few examples uh, along the public housing uh, process. Uh, for example, the uh, lens. Uh, 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 the CDD, sorry, the CDD uh, uh, will have to conduct works uh, to, you know, level the site, to hand over uh, the construction site in the proper condition to the housing authority, and the housing authority will have to build the public housing uh, uh, projects. Now, we, we already see two uh, uh, examples here that we can uh, talk about. Firstly, for CDD, uh, I think uh, it's possible to, you know, uh, set them a clear timeline, uh, a key milestone to be, uh, to be met in that when do they hand over the site in, uh, to the housing authority. That's the first one. And the second one for uh, the housing authority is to make sure that uh, their contractors or 
uh, whosoever that is undertaking the project on site is uh, doing things on time. Uh, the project manager that I, uh, I mentioned just now could be very hands-on to monitor the progress to make sure that, uh, you know, say, for example, by today, 6th of June 20, uh, 2022, you're supposed to be at, at the 10th floor and now you're at the 7th. Why is that so? Is there any way that uh, 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 the project can be uh, accelerated in the coming few days to catch up with the lost progress? Things like that. I think there has to be a change of mindset. Now, uh, uh, what is happening now uh, in, if we are uh, seeing this situation is that, oh, uh, we are supposed to be at the 10th floor now, but we're at the 7th. Oh, but you know, today it's raining. It doesn't seem to be uh, very safe. Okay, so just leave it. Oh, so what about the, the delay? Oh, it's okay. Uh, never mind. Uh, we will just report to uh, uh, our seniors that, okay, so today's weather is not that good. That's why it's the postponed things. And uh, let it be. You know, I, I think you're right in mentioning the change in mindset. And the example that I mentioned just now should, should be uh, adopted in the government to change the way of thinking, to change the way of doing things. And make sure that really the targets are delivered on mm. uh, Vera Yoon, do you think there might be a, a problem with the, with the housing authority itself? I mean, its, uh, its members are volunteers, essentially, aren't they? They're not, uh, they're not paid for doing it. You mean the committee? Yeah. Well, but then people, you know, engineer and all these people, they are paid. Mm. So they are employed and they get paid. It's just a committee that, you know, public you know, persons, professionals, they try to give advices and monitor it. Well, I would say um, it's, yeah, it's the way of working. It's an uphill battle to say to reform the civil servant. Like, we were talking about housing supply, but eventually we got to the topic of, you know, public administration and, you know, civil mm. servant reforming. And my worry is it may open the Pandora's box and it could get better or worse because mm. you're saying you're trying to change something that have lasted so many years. Lots for so many decades, and we don't know whether like there are other um, problems, and it depends on how you do it. But um, I think I think our Hong Kong Foundation emphasized a lot of you know the construction delay. But you know, in private sector, there's also construction delay, but it's actually worse in the public sector, um, given the incentive. But I was just thinking. I mean, when I look back at the numbers yesterday, try to put them up. And I think they never actually want to meet the target. They never actually set that as an aim, even though, you know, by the long-term housing strategy steering committee, it's about 300,000, you know, more than that in 10 years. Because if that's the case, the forecast would be 115,000 in five years, rather than less than 100,000 in five years. But consistently over the last five years, it was about... Um, you know, lower than a hundred thousand. So, which means they never actually try to accomplish it. They just, mm. you know, there's a target, but if our normal way working cannot meet the target, I mean, there's a gap, and just let it be. Jason, one thing I noticed from my own time in the government was because I've been retired for a long time now, is that the Gantt charts prepared are very, very sequential. That is, yep. somebody finishes something. And then the next guy steps up. Um, and the departments always seem to assume that the, the guy coming before is going to fail to meet his deadline. So they're, they're very cautious and allow a nice margin of error so that, well, OK, I'll start when I'm satisfied that he's definitely finished. 
So, it, it, in a sense, everyone builds a cushion in between each step on the Gantt chart, um, assuming a delay, so that the cumulative cushions actually build in a delay. Um, I, I, I just don't know how... Well, I do... I have some private thoughts about how to change that. But that seems quite a serious structural issue. Exactly. Uh, I think this is a very good point. Uh, you know, we actually uh, looked at this uh, problem as well in our previous report in January. Uh, I'll just highlight to you an example of how, how this uh, is shown. Uh, for example, we looked at the Hongshui Q, the development area. Its development is separated into three phases, phase one, two, and three. Uh, the problem is, like you said, the government is doing it sequentially. So phase one first, every step in phase one. After completing phase one, then we go step by step and we start phase two over again. Now we do see some of our stakeholders that have uh, reflected that, you know, we, you know the government uh, needs to do land resumption uh, for the land. But these are, you know, in phase two. Uh, 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 some of the, the concerns that we have heard is that, oh, we are actually ready to hand over the land to the government and let them start early. But uh, what the official said was that, oh, oh no, you're just doing phase one. Your land is in phase two. We're not going to do with anything related to phase two now. You haven't finished with phase one. Now, this is a problem. I think uh, uh, what, what we are doing now is so sequential. Why can't things be done, you know, concurrently? And I think this is a, an easy step that we can uh, undertake now to... to you know, speed up the processes and uh, uh, make sure that our targets can be uh, can be met. Okay, all right. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the programme this morning. Thanks to both of you. That was uh, Jason Leung, a researcher with the R Hong Kong Foundation. And thanks to Vera Yoon, a lecturer at the Faculty of Business and Economics at the University of Hong Kong. Um, right, now just before we go to the news summary and morning brew, let's uh, have a look uh, at the weather before we play the government announcement. Uh, it's going to be uh, hot with sunny intervals, a few showers and thunderstorms. Uh, top temperature will be about uh, 31 degrees, moderate to fresh southwesterly winds. The outlook, the weather will be unsettled with occasional heavy, uh, yeah, occasional heavy showers and thunderstorms in the next few days. It's currently 29 degrees, humidity 85%. The thunderstorm warning will remain in effect until 10.30 this morning. Thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, thanks to everybody who wrote in. Thanks to our producer, Yuki, and to you, Mike. That's great. What a great show. This is a real problem. What the hell is sure, it? Sure, sure is, and a, and a long-term problem, and uh, we'll be following it, following it uh, into the future. Um, thanks a lot. Okay, stay with us because new summary coming up, followed by Morning Brew. Before doing a COVID-19 rapid antigen test, read the user guide carefully and follow each step as instructed. First, prepare a clean surface and wash your hands. For a nasal swab, insert the swab into your nostrils and rub it against the walls of each nostril several times as instructed. Submerge the swab tip fully into the buffer solution and stir. Squeeze droplets of the solution slowly into the well of the test device afterwards. Wait for the time specified in the user guide and read the result. Results taken beyond the time limit will be invalid. When finished, dispose of all parts of the test kit properly. If only the C-line is present, the test result is negative. If both the C-line and the T-line are present, the test result is positive, in which case you have to take a photo of the result and report it within 24 hours via the declaration system of the Department of Health. 
do the test often by yourself. It helps you detect any infection and receive treatment as soon as possible to protect yourself and